Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. It's officially in the books. How do I think the quarterbacks rank coming out of this combine? I'll tell you about that. Plus your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 6, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider podcast free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks to my man Ari, making sure we're looking good on YouTube each and every day. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see behind me, you'll notice that, well, Q's back in the home studio. Thank goodness. <laughs> you know, as much as I enjoy being on the road, as much as I enjoy being at different act, uh, events and being able to bring it to the podcast and the radio station, man, to be in the comforts of my own home, to be back on the West Coast where the time is normal, I like to say. <laughs> right. And I know, look, I was I spent, what, 10 plus years in Central Texas and the time was normal. I say that in air quotes to me there. But being able to cover sports and being able to be at events and be on the West Coast and things end at normal times is great. So it was so strange and weird to be on the East Coast and getting off my radio show at 8 p.m., then, you know, knocking out uh, some other events I had to go to, knocking out the podcast, and all of a sudden looking up, being the last guy at the convention center, closing things down, and to the point where the convention center was still was closed, I was they locked me in, right? I was trying to get out of there. They had already locked me in. So glad to be back at the West Coast, glad to be back in the home studio uh, where everything is normal. But, man, it was a really good event, uh, really fun time to be at the Scouting Combine. Hopefully you enjoyed everything that came to the table here on the Locked On Raider podcast. Let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes coming out of the podcast and or coming out of the combine. And of course, it all has to do with the quarterback position. Everyone I talked to all week long in Indianapolis, no matter if I talked to them about the defense, Josh Jacobs, uh, any part of the team, uh, the head coach, the GM, whatever the case was, no matter what the conversation started or where it started, it always ended with, yeah, but Q, Who's going to be the quarterback? There's so much speculation on who's going to be the quarterback when it comes to the Raiders in 2023. Dan Graziano from ESPN does a fantastic job. He's put out multiple reports about multiple quarterbacks, and that just lets you know how many. How, how it's just kind of all up in the air. No one really has a good idea of who's going to be the quarterback. So uh, he put out, the Raiders are expected to pursue quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo in free agency. Garoppolo knows head coach Joshua Daniels from their Patriot days when he was a backup to Tom Brady. He also said, there's chatter in Indianapolis that the Raiders might try to trade for Patriots Mac Jones and reunite him with Josh McDaniels. It is, it is considered unlikely that New England would consider moving Mac Jones, but it's something that's up there. And also, he put out that the Raiders are not out of the running for quarterback Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. So, three different quarterbacks, three different reports, same guy, Jimmy G, Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers. That lets me know that all options are on the table. And that was really the overall feeling I got coming out of the meetings with Josh McDaniels uh, and Dave Ziegler and even Champ Kelly last week in Indianapolis, that they are not married to one solution. They're not just saying that, okay, we got to go get this veteran. We've got to go get this high-priced veteran. We got to go give up the draft capital to go get this veteran. They're not married to that. They're not married to, well, we got to go get Jimmy G because he's familiar with the team. They're not married to, well, we got to go draft a guy and let him start because he's a young guy and the Raiders need a young guy. They are not hell bent on one solution to the quarterback position, which is a good thing. 
I think it's a good thing. And the reason is, is because some teams uh, will get so caught up in, we need this, we need this, we need this so bad that we're going to have to go and settle and get the guy that, you know, is there instead of maybe the guy that they want. Uh, the big four quarterbacks that I'm looking at, obviously, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. You can even throw Hendon Hooker in there. Uh, just say a couple of those guys aren't there when the Raiders pick at number seven and they're not say they're not married to whoever quarterback number three is whoever's available maybe that's not who they want some teams would say well we need a quarterback so we got to go get them anyway well the Raiders in my opinion are not that way if the quarterback's not there that they want when it's their time to pick they'll go with someone else they'll go with the best defensive player or the best player available as far as they're concerned and they're they're okay with that which tells me a lot of things tells me that they have multiple plans which is a good thing. I've said that many times. Also tells me they're very comfortable with their job security. They're not worried about, well, if they don't win 10 or 11 games, we're going to get fired. Mark Davis is going to move on from us. They're not, they're not set like that. They're set in the fact that they're going to have plenty of time to build this team up the right way. So when it is successful, it'll be successful for the long haul and not just a short term one year and then they're done type situation. Now, I know that's not what Raider Nation wants to hear. I want to hear that the team is planning on winning 10 or 11 games this year, right? That's selfishly. That's what I want. But again, from the conversation we had with Dave Ziegler, the GM and Josh McDaniels and even Champ Kelly, it seems like that they have a good idea of how they're going to get where they want to get, how they're going to build up not only the quarterback position, but the whole team. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But uh, the biggest thing is that all options are still on the table for the Raiders, and they're not pressing any of them. I, I think that that's a good thing. So many times you see teams panic and make bad decisions. You know, I think back to the Bears when they traded up to go get Mitchell Trubisky. One, they traded up for no reason. Nobody was trying to go get Mitchell Trubisky. They gave out draft capital to move up like one spot to get a guy who's not very good that they ended up moving on from. Right. And you see it all the time. You see teams move up to go get guys like when the Bills remember when the Bills jumped the Raiders and went and got Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins wasn't even that good. Right. I mean, he was good coming out of Clemson, but he wasn't great. Right. And the Raiders ended up with the better draft pick when they got Khalil Mack at number five just by sitting there. So uh, this this Raiders front office, they Again, feels like they have a good plan in place of how they're going to get it done. Problem is, I don't know what the plan is. You don't know what the plan is. But when it unfolds, it'll be right there in front of our eyes. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that they're not willing to trade up. Look, I want to make that perfectly clear. Just because they're sitting there at number seven doesn't mean that they're going to stay there. They could move up. I don't see them going any higher than number three. But I definitely believe that they could trade up. And Dave Ziegler actually mentioned that, you know, if, if it wasn't giving up too much draft capital, he would have no problem with that. But he's not going to go out of his way, like move up from seven to one and give up potentially like three first round draft picks. That's not what he's going to do. That'd be mortgage in the future, which is also something he's not going to do when it comes to quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to mortgage the future. If he's available and the, the price is, is reasonable and he kind of says, all right, that, that, that's cool. We could do that and still build our team, then he'll make a move like that. But if it's given up too much for one guy, especially at uh, Aaron Rodgers' age, he's not going to do that. Again, us as media and us as fans, we want them to go all in and really you know, do everything that they have to do to go get the best players and trade this, trade that, pay this guy this much money, it doesn't matter. But they're in a position of cooler heads where they're going to stick to their plan, they're going to stick to their discipline, and go ahead and make it happen. So all these reports are out about the Raiders in their quarterback position, and nothing will be uh, known until everything starts to unfold. And if you're looking at the new league year, it actually starts on March 15th, and the tampering period begins on March 13th. That's when uh, the Raiders and every other team across the league can start legally talking to potential free agents about them joining the team. So just keep those dates 
in mind. Speaking of dates, uh, a report from Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network came out on Friday while we were in Indianapolis about Josh Jacobs and the uh, and the franchise tag deadline, which is Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, saying that the Raiders plan to the franchise tag Josh Jacobs that the two sides don't reach a deal by Tuesday's deadline. He led the league in rushing. He's viewed as a part of the future in Las Vegas. That's not a big surprise at all. That was actually uh, the, the, the smallest headline that could have been put out there, right? I know a lot of people ran with it. It was like, oh, man, Josh Jacobs is about to get franchise tag. We all knew that. We all knew that he was going to get franchise tag. Uh, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which would have been $8 million guaranteed. The franchise tag for a running back will be $10 million, so he gets a $2 million boost. Uh, he might play on it. He might not play on it. They still have till the middle of July to work out a, a long-term deal. So just because they put the franchise tag, that's more like a placeholder. That doesn't mean that he has to play on that or you know that, that he has to sign that, whatever the case may be, or they have to shut down negotiations. They don't. All that means is that they have till the middle of July to get a long-term deal done. If they don't do that, then he would have to play on the one-year $10 million, which is fully guaranteed and $2 million more than that fifth-year option. So uh, not a big surprise there. Uh, and again, the, the deadline to place the franchise tag is tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So look out for that. That's all I got for you. Segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes coming out of the combine. Segment number two, how would I rank the quarterbacks, the big four or even big five quarterbacks? Coming out of the combine, we'll do that after I tell you about our good friends at Built Bar. And I've been telling you about Built Bar for a very long time. All you got to do is check out the website, Built.com, and you can see what they got going on, including Vanilla Cream. They have that one back. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. They've got great flavors, something that you want to have in your arsenal, right? If you need something to kind of boost uh, up your energy level or you just need a little bit of snack because you're working, Built Bar is perfect for you. But it's not just the vanilla that they have. They have so many different options for you. If you like marshmallows, they have the puffs. If you just want the OG flavors, they got the OG flavors. You want granola bars, they got that as well. Again, it's low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, and great in taste. So check them out today. Built.com. Locked on 15 will save you 15% off your order when you go to checkout. Again, that's locked on 15. It'll save you 15% off your order at Built.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the quarterbacks in the upcoming draft, especially coming out of the NFL scouting combine. I was at that uh, event in Indianapolis. It was a lot of fun. I was glad to be home, but it was great to be there and be able to provide as much coverage as possible. So going into the combine, I was looking at the quarterbacks like this. Bryce Young was QB number one for me. C.J. Stroud was quarterback number two. Will Levis was number three. Anthony Richardson was number four. And Hendon Hooker was number five. And the only reason Hendon Hooker was number five was based off of the fact that he tore his ACL. Of course, he's a little bit older. His age doesn't really bother me. But coming off the torn ACL, I feel like that this upcoming season will be a redshirt year for him regardless. So that's the only reason why... He ended up being quarterback number five. But I'll tell you right now, coming out of the combine, the way I look at these quarterbacks is totally different. One, Anthony Richardson, who I had listed at number four, I moved him up to number three. And this dude, you want to talk about an athletic freak. And I say that with all due respect. The dude is an absolute monster. His size is incredible. When he was at the podium and I was standing even near him, just looking at him, it's like, that is an absolute monster. That dude is just jacked, right? Just muscles on top of muscles. His muscles have muscles, <laughs> right? I mean, he's just that stinking big. He ran the 40, blazed the 40. Vertical jump, killed it, right? I mean, just broad jump. Everything that he did, all the drills that he did, killed it. Even when he was out there throwing, passing on Saturday, when he had the, uh, the passing drills, 
The guy is just bombing it, just throwing the ball all over the yard. Uh, he missed a couple passes, but I'm not really worried about that. Saw a little inaccuracy here and there, but for the most part, man, the dude just had a rocket arm. And just a big, like I said, a big specimen. Uh, when that dude gets outside the pocket and runs, uh, someone's going to make a business decision. Someone's going to be like, you know what? I don't think I want to get in front of this guy. He's 240-something pounds. Uh, he's going to run me over and, and, and hurt me. Right. I mean, someone's going to make that decision at some point. And the only reason I have him still ranked at number three is because he just doesn't have he doesn't have the, 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 the games. He just doesn't have it under his, the experience isn't there. He literally has 13 games of starting in college and that's it. So it's so funny when you think about rookies and I've talked about it so many times. I've said, I think that a rookie needs to come in and sit behind a veteran and learn. Anthony Richardson out of Florida is completely different. I think any team who drafts him, whoever drafts him, has to start him right away. And they, they might not. They probably won't. But they probably should. Because, again, it's experience. 13 games is all he has. He needs reps. He's probably a guy, similar to what I am, is, is a guy that I need to actually do something to be able to get it down. I can't just sit behind somebody and watch them do it. Or someone tell me, all right, Q, do this, do that, do the other. And this is how you'll do it. I actually need the reps. I'm one of those guys that I got to do it. Anthony Richardson, unfortunately, in college, only had 13 career starts. He hasn't had enough reps to get it down. So whatever team grabs him, Raiders or anyone else, they need to go ahead and let him play. So we'll see what happens. But that's the reason why I have him at number three. But, man, I'll tell you, uh, that dude, he, he, when he talked at the podium, I uh, thought he, he did really well there. Apparently, all reports are his interviews with teams, he did really well there. Uh, he was able to get to the, the whiteboard and, and remember the plays that they were putting up there. And, look, they only have 18 to 20 minutes to be able to talk with these, uh, these prospects. So it's it's very short amount of time. But he, from all, again, all accounts, uh, impressed a lot of people. So Anthony Richardson there is at number three for me uh, as opposed to where he was at number four coming into the combine. Will Levis, I have him at number four. I, I still put him there. Uh, and, and the thing about it is I think that he has, again, a high ceiling. I just don't know where he's at as far as what he's going to come in as, right? Is he going to go in there and and be good enough immediately or is he going to have to sit there for a while and learn? And even when he was throwing the ball around the yard on Saturday, and I respected, you know, it's funny, on, on the podium, they asked him why he was going to throw on Saturday, and he said, because I got a cannon and I want to show it off. And he does. He's, a, again, a big specimen, a big, you know, just beast. He was out there just, uh, you know, his, his body type and everything. He's just a big physical dude. Uh, similar to Anthony Richardson, those two guys are definitely the biggest athletes when it comes to the quarterback position. But there was times he threw the ball and it looked good, and there's other times where it just – that inaccuracy popped up again. And there was a point where I thought Will Levis was doing the best when it came to the passing drills on Saturday at the Combine. And then it just all of a sudden tailed off. And he started just having a lot of bad throws, as far as I was concerned, and to the point where I thought, man, even Stetson Bennett had a better passing day than, than Will Levis. And look, these, these, these Combine settings are not to make or break somebody because they're, they're different. I mean, you can always go back to the film and look what they did in game situations. Will Levis, I think, is probably going to be a good quarterback. I'm just not 100% sold on him. So I moved him down to number four. Anthony Richardson is at number three. So how about number one and number two? Again, coming into the combine, Bryce Young was my number one guy. Uh, you've seen him do it in the, on, on the highest levels, uh, going and winning a national championship. And the only question I had about him was his size. Well, he's still going to be his size. And he was officially measured in at five foot 10, 202 pounds, which is basically Kyler Murray's age or size. And it's funny because Kyler Murray looks thicker than Bryce Young does, but they're basically the same size. And you see Bryce, uh, Bryce Young, even though he hasn't had too many injuries in college, you see Kyler Murray, 
he's had some injuries already in the NFL. It's, it's hard for him to stay on the field all season long because he has been banged up. Now, the ACL, that was just something different. But still, I mean, you, you see the injury concern when it comes to Kyler Murray. That's going to be the same concern with Bryce Young. So I moved him down to number two. And the reason I moved him down to number two is, one, he didn't participate in the throwing. Uh, he didn't do any of the drills at the combine, and that's okay. He'll do it at his pro day. You've seen it already on film, so you already know what he's about. But you do like to see the guys go out there and compete. All the other guys went out there and competed. Levitz, Richardson, C.J. Stroud. They all went and competed. Bryce Young said, I'll wait till my pro day. And if you're keeping track and you want to know what the pro days are, uh, it'll be C.J. Stroud on the 22nd of March, Bryce Young on the 23rd. Uh, you'll have Will Levis on the 24th, and then Anthony Richardson on the 30th. So those will be the dates of those four guys as far as their pro days go. But Bryce Young decided to sit everything out. All he did is get measured and went through the uh, the medicals as well uh, at the Combine. But C.J. Stroud, I'll tell you what, man. I was already kind of leaning in his direction because of his size as opposed to Bryce Young and his size. And I know that he's an accurate quarterback, but from seeing him just kind of throw the ball around the yard on Saturday and then knowing what he had to say on, on Friday when he was at the podium and even he caught up with uh, or Vinny Bonsignor caught up with him for like a minute and a half, uh, just had a quick one-on-one experience when they were he was basically waiting to go to, I think, CBS or NFL Network and talk to them. Uh, Vinny saw him sitting there and just talked to him for a quick minute, which I thought was a good conversation. He said he met with the Raiders, said that the, the meeting was very good. He thought that Josh McDaniels is very stern about football, which is something he liked as well. Uh, it just... I don't know. C.J. Stroud just seemed to fit the part. And, you know, when people are questioning his athleticism, well, he doesn't want to run the ball. Uh, he mentioned that going back to, you know, when he first started playing football, his coach said, hey, I want you to stay in the pocket instead of getting out and running like every other quarterback does. You know, how many times do you see, uh, you know, a youth football team or a high school football team, especially, you know, me coming from Texas and seeing Texas high school football, I couldn't tell you how many quarterbacks we're the best athlete on the team. And that the reason is, yeah, they could throw the ball, but every play you could design a run for them and just tell them to go. And most of the time they can end up taking that ball to the house. This In this situation, his coach said, no, I want you to sit in the pocket and throw the ball around. And if you don't throw it where your wide receiver has the best chance to make the play, then you're going to drop down and give me 10 push-ups. So he learned that. He learned to be the most accurate quarterback, and he clearly is the most accurate quarterback out there. But he also has the opportunity and the athletic ability to run if he has to. He even mentioned on Friday that, yeah, there's probably a few other times I could have ran at Ohio State instead of, you know, staying in the pocket. But I want to give my playmakers as many opportunities to make plays instead of me just giving up on a play real quick and running. It's similar to when we see quarterbacks give up on a play and just dump it down, check it down when you see a, a, a wide receiver. Oh, this guy, if he'd held onto the ball a second longer, he was starting to break open. He could have delivered a ball and could have been a big play. Instead, he just checked down. Well, in C.J. Strauss, uh, you know, in, in his case, He's a guy that's going to hold on to the ball. He's going to try to deliver the ball and get it to the, the playmakers and let them do what they do. And again, just watching him look so effortless on Saturday. He threw that ball and it just, I mean, he just, just looked like it was no big deal. I think he missed a couple passes where were bad throws, but everything else, deep ball, short, intermediate range, everything just looked on point when it came to C.J. Stroud. So right now he's my number one guy. The problem is I think he's a lot of teams' number one guys. <laughs> so if the Raiders are going to get him, they're going to have to move up from seven to somewhere. And again, as I mentioned in segment number one, I think they, the highest they move up to is maybe number three, not, uh, not all the way up to number one. He might not be available. He put on such a show at the Combine, he might not be available at number three. So the Raiders have some soul searching to do and some decisions to make. But as I mentioned in segment number one, I don't think that they're going to mortgage the future just to go up and get one guy. They may just say, you know what? He's not available for us. That's fine. We'll go get the best player available because there's plenty of positions on this team 
that needs to be uh, you know, solidified. So one quick tweet when it comes to quarterbacks, and this is from Eric in the 209 at Eric Guitar Roken. Uh, he says, Q, my opinion for what it's worth, not much. If you can't get Stroud at seven, which isn't looking very likely, get Christian Gonzalez at seven and Hendon Hooker in round two. Richardson is an athletic animal, but his accuracy is questionable, and that's more important at the quarterback position, in my opinion. I don't know that McDaniels has enough time to wait for him to learn either. I'm not sold on Levis. His accuracy and decision-making aren't where they should be for a day-one starter, which is what I think they need if they're drafting a quarterback at 7. That's Eric in the 209. Just wanted to close out uh, our segment here, talking QBs with that uh, tweet right there, again, from Eric in the 209. And I, I do still have Henning Hooker at number five. I don't know if he makes it out of round one, though. That's the one thing. I think he might end up in the back end of round one, especially so teams could have that fifth-year option. So thank you so much for that. What's on your mind? Well, 707-654-4693, Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts are next here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight up that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Provo Raider. He says, thank you, Provo Raider. There are a few things I've been thinking about to fix the team, mainly the quarterback and defense. I think the Bears will accept the trade for the number seven pick or the number seven pick and a second round pick for the number one overall pick. So I think we should try and trade and draft Bryce Young. Then Bobby Wagner just got released from the Rams, so I think we should sign him to a two to three year deal. And then the Rams are still way over the salary cap even after releasing Wagner. So I think we should try and trade a first and second round pick for next year for Jalen Ramsey for major help in the secondary. And also if Joshua Daniels wants uh, to, to trade Hunter Renfro, I think we should sign Michael Thomas to replace him. So that's from Provo Raider. That's a lot of trading, lots of moving right there. And I think that that's a whole lot of, of uh, moving parts that I don't think are real, realistic, right? The Bears, to accept the trade all the way up from 7-1, to one, it's going to take a lot more than, you know, the first, the number one overall pick from the Raiders, which is number seven, and then like a second round pick for next year or whatever. I mean, it's going to take a lot. Uh, if you remember... Uh, Daniel Jeremiah had the I had the pre combine breakdowns from him on trades and I played that a couple times just because I thought it was so important uh, that that look the number one overall pick is worth three thousand points the number seven overall pick is worth fifteen hundred points on the draft guide as far as the trade value you've got to give up about one hundred twenty five percent of the value of that pick to be able to 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 move up to that so uh, the Bears aren't going to just go ahead and and trade the number one overall pick with the Raiders just for you know, like to say, swap their picks and then add in a second or whatever. It's, it's going to take a whole lot. Basically, and I'll go ahead and, matter of fact, I'll go ahead and play this. Here's Daniel Jeremiah on trading up to the number one spot with the Bears, and he really talks about number two overall, number four overall, and number nine overall, but I think this will help give you a big idea or better idea of what it's going to cost for the Raiders to try to move up from seven all the way up to one. Trade-ups for quarterbacks. Usually when you look at the trade chart, it's about 120%, give or take, in terms of the trade chart value. You have to pay a premium if you're going to come up for a quarterback, which is you know, great news there for the Bears. So when you kind of you look at some of those previous trades, um, which, by the way, when you look at the names of the quarterbacks that teams have traded up for since 2011, it's Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and RG3. So, you know, in other words, don't be so concerned if you're the Bears about trading off of a Hall of Famer and moving back. It hasn't been a great list uh, over the last few years. But when you look at those points, here would be the three trades. If we're going to look at those teams as to the Texans, for the Colts, and nine the Panthers, here would be how that would shake out on the trade chart. So if you're just going to go back 
uh, to pick number two. You're going to get the uh, uh, the second pick, the 33rd pick in next year's two. That would be the trade you'd have there uh, with the uh, Texans. If you go to four, you would have uh, you'd have to give up the, a fourth round pick this year, or, in, or sorry, a fourth round pick in 2024, as well as your the number one overall pick. You would get number four overall, number 35 overall, and a first round pick in 24, and a second round pick in 24. And then if you want to go all the way to nine, you're going to get the ninth pick, you're going to get the number 39 pick, and you're going to get a first round in 24, and you're going to get a first round in 25. So when I look at all those halls, and I understand you could be trading off of the opportunity to get one of the premier defensive players there at two or four. If you're asking me what I would do, I would be hoping the Carolina Panthers want to pay that price. And I'll go to nine and I'll take all those first round picks and uh, and let's go try and fill some of these needs. So those are the three teams I think that will be in the mix. And those are the three options. So there you go. There's Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network talking about if you're number two overall, which is Houston, you give up your second, your 33rd, and then next year's two. Your four overall, which is the Colts, number four overall pick, number 35 overall pick, first pick in 2024, second pick. In 2024. And if you're nine, which is the Carolina Panthers, your number nine overall pick, your number 39 overall pick, your first in 2024, and your first in 2025. Like, that's a lot of draft capital that you got to give up. So just imagine being the Raiders at number seven. You're sitting in somewhere in between number four and number nine. Uh, it's going to take quite a bit to move up all the way to number one. I just don't see, I don't see that happening. So uh, there's that. And also, matter of fact, I got one more little sound bite. Uh, if you trade up to number three, which is where I think that the ceiling is for the Raiders. Uh, if you remember the Jets uh, a few years ago when they went and got Sam Darnold, they went up from six to number three. This is what Daniel Jeremiah said that they had to give up to do that to go get Sam Darnold. We have had, gosh, the Jets um, was six to three for Darnold, right? If I'm remembering that correctly, I think I've got here it is. Yeah, they were. So the Jets, when they went from six to three, they also had to give up two second round picks um, in that draft, which were pick 37 and 49. So two good second round picks and then a next year's second round pick. So if the Cardinals wanted to get out of there and maybe they only had to go back, a, you know, a few spots, um, you know, maybe a little bit further if they went back to nine, I guess you'd get even more than that. But if you're looking at going to nine, you're getting at minimum three second round picks. That's uh, you know, that's yeah. pretty good, uh, pretty good value there. Again, it'll, if you go to nine, you'll get a first rounder because that's the way the the points would shake out. So there you go, right there. That's probably the better uh, breakdown of what they had to give up to move up from six to number three to go get Sam Darnold. Clearly, that didn't work out too well for him, but that's what they had to give up. So I think it's a lot of draft capital to give up to move up as high as you're talking about. Uh, plus, then all of a sudden you got to go trade for Jalen Ramsey, as you mentioned. Uh, I just I don't see that happening. Right, the cornerback draft is pretty deep. I think you can get a really good corner in the draft, and obviously you don't have to get that in your, your first-round pick or your second-round pick, but you've got to get it at some point, right? Because the corner needs to be addressed, linebacker needs to be addressed, defensive line needs to be addressed. There's a lot that has to be addressed when it comes to silver and black. But thank you so much for that, uh, that text. Christian Gonzalez, also out of Oregon, really good defensive back. Uh, all right, here you go. A uh, call from Big Drew in Houston. He's calling to throw a name out there that could be a fix for the Raiders, at least in the short term when it comes to the quarterback position. Here he is, Big Drew in Houston. Yo, what up, Q? This is uh, Big Drew calling out of Houston. Um, first of all, I just want to say I appreciate everything that you do, man. I really do mean that. It's crazy to think of how you're slowly, I mean, I, I guess this just goes for myself, but how you're slowly becoming a staple, man. Um 
for the Raiders uh, as far as Raider voices go. Anyway, just want to shout you out on that real quick. But um, I do. The reason I'm calling is because I want to throw an idea out there, and it's a big what if, of course. But I hate to admit this, and I know you don't like the idea, but I'm starting to think that realistically, Jimmy G is the best case scenario for us, man. And I know you don't like the whole injury bug, and I get that. And that's where the what if comes to play is what if he is healthy? I mean, two of the four last seasons, um, he missed one game. I mean, it, and it depends what two seasons you want to look at. I get that part. But anyways, um, aside from that, if he is healthy, number one, his contract with the Niners was $7 million, um for that one year. Imagine signing him to, like, a three-year, $21 million contract. Man, that would be cheap as hell. Um, for a starting quarterback, but that's what we gave Mariota when we first signed him, I believe. But, um, anyways, but with bringing in Jimmy G and giving him a cheap contract, that just opens up the door to do so much more on defense. We can make a splash on defense and still fill in holes by doing that. And then you look at the draft, and we're sitting pretty at seven. We can go best defensive player, depending on if we get one of those top dogs to to fall to us or even better so we can load up and uh trade back because um at seven i think all three of the top corners are available still and we can trade back and snag one of those i mean i just think like the possibilities are endless when it comes to addressing the quarterback position and signing jimmy g um you know cap wise and and even draft capital wise um we don't have to trade for a quarterback that we'd like or anything like that. Anyways, um, aside from the fact of Jimmy G having that injury bug, what do you think of that idea, Q? Anyways, um, hope everyone's having a good day. Uh, this is Big Drew again. Red Nation, stay up. Peace out. Thank you, my man, for the call. Appreciate you. And I do believe all options are on the board, including Jimmy G. And, I, and like you said, I'm not a Jimmy G guy, but that's me. That doesn't mean that they're not a Jimmy G guys, right? They could think that Jimmy G could be there. Uh, we all know he's going to get injured at some point. At least we feel like he's going to get injured at some point. So signing, re-signing Jared Stidham is a must, right? So if you go with Jimmy G, which, again, I'm not a fan of, but if you do, you have to re-sign Jared Stidham, and you have to probably draft a guy as well. Have a very stacked quarterback room. And at some point, Jimmy G will probably get injured. Jared Stidham will go in there. And at some point, you're probably hoping that that rookie quarterback will be ready to take over the ranks. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Sal in Arizona. Q, is Sal from Arizona. I think I know what a Raider is supposed to look like. Darnell Washington, then Michael Mayer, in that order. You're my first listen every day getting ready for work in the concrete jungle. Thank you for always showing love to the armed forces and veterans. As a veteran myself, that doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you. Oh, yeah, the missus hears it first thing in the morning, too, like 4.30. <laughs> 4.30 a.m., oh, 0.430 of hours. Go Raiders. Go Raiders. That's from Sal in Arizona. Thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, you got the tight end love right there. Darnell Washington, the big man from Georgia, also the big man from Las Vegas. And then you're talking about Meyer, uh, the big man from Notre Dame as well. Darnell Washington is very intriguing to me. I would actually love to see the Raiders draft him. He is just a big monster at the tight end position. He's not as fast as Darren Waller, but he's a big dude. He could block. Uh, and if he catches the ball and he's running downhill, man, could you imagine the one-two punch of Darnell Washington and, 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 and uh, Darren Waller? It would be incredible because, again, Darnell Washington is just a huge dude. He is just an absolute monster. And, I mean, many times at Georgia, he'd leap over defenders that tried to go low because they don't want to try to get too high on him. Uh, he, he's, 
he would be a hell of a weapon. And it's basically like getting a really good offensive lineman that can also catch the ball and run downhill. <laughs> so I would love to see the Raiders go and get Darnell Washington. I don't think that that would be a first round pick. Uh, probably be like a second or third round pick. But man, that would be that would be a, if they're going to get a tight end. That'd be the guy I'd want them to go get. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. We'll close things out with a call from Raider Loke in the 626. He's calling to respond to the interview I did last week in Indianapolis with assistant GM Champ Kelly. What is up, Q and the rest of Raider Nation? This is Raider Loke from the 626. Yo, Q, you sure weren't lying when you said that Champ Kelly would get you fired up because I sure am getting fired up after listening to his uh, year interview with him, man. I'm listening to it. You know, the Thursday podcast, and, man, he's got me running through a wall, just like you mentioned, you know, and then everything that he's saying that you're looking for a Raider, you know, Seth Al Davis, you know, the, the commitment to excellence and just the will to win and just win, baby, you know, and it's almost like, you know, we're bringing it back to the old days, you know, and, and it looks like they're, it's good that they're looking up into the past and seeing what commitment and what kind of results we had, and they're trying to bring it back, you know, because the, the Raiders in the 70s and 80s and part of the 90s, you know, they were success, successful, you know. That's where we got the commitment to excellence. So we just got to bring it back. I don't know we had a bunch of turmoil these past two decades, but at the end of the day, I feel like this staff is trying to get it together. They're, they're taking a process. I'm liking the, the words by Dave Ziegler. I'm loving the words by Champ Kelly. And the words that he said, grind, process, commitment, results. It's almost like that's some quote or saying that should be said during training camp this upcoming offseason. I believe, I don't know if it was this past offseason or the previous where there was a saying that was saying something about us uh, sticking to the mentals and just making sure that it's all about muscle memory and it'll come natural. I forget, there, I believe you mentioned during your call uh, last season or the previous one where there was a, uh, a saying like that, but if they could just get that get that thing going during training camp with these, with these rookie uh with these rookies coming in on the free agents, just grind, process, commitment, results. Get that in their head, and they'll be playing commitment to excellence just like Max Crosby is. And like I said, let's hopefully get some dogs. So we got him on the defensive side, and we got him on the offensive side. I know it's just way, way before the offseason. We're, we're, we're barely in March, but just believe it, Hugh. You were right. Champ Kelly got me fired up. All right, Hugh, that's all I got. It's red Lope, and I'm out. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. And bottom line for me, um, I really feel like that these guys have a good idea of what they're doing. Now, again, we don't know the plan. We won't know the plan until we start to see it, uh, you know, shake out. But, man, talking to Champ Kelly, talking to Dave Ziegler, talking to Josh McDaniels, it really seems like they're confident with what they're going to do and, and, and have a, a good direction of what they want to do. And they're not married to one one solution and one solution only, which is I think is the biggest key. So we'll see how it unfolds. Again, I mean, it'll be the new league year next week. Think about this. We'll be talking about legal tampering on March 13th, which is next Monday. And then the free agency period opens up on the 15th. And, well, it'll be on and popping then. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more reports about who the Raiders are going to be interested in between now and then. And maybe Aaron Rodgers on Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show will come out and say what he wants to do. Who knows? But really, right now, as much as I hate to say it, I think all options are are on the table when it comes to the silver and black. But thank you again, as I said, uh, for that call. I do appreciate you. That's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, again, it's glad to be back in the home studio, glad to be back on the West Coast doing what I do. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed the, the shows and the coverage from Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. So we'll have more news and notes tomorrow. We'll have more calls and texts. And, of course, we'll continue to break down uh, different position groups and different players that I saw at the Combine that I think would be uh, players of interest when it comes to Silver and Black. That'll be on tomorrow's show. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.